Brian Holland here with the plugs for episode 68, the second part of our Carla Gota card highlight. We've been doing the winning agenda for well over a year now. We're gearing up to our 100th episode spectacular, which will be the spectacular for this year, and I hope everyone's looking forward to it. But if you tune in every week and you're constantly thinking, what else can I do? What else can I do to support this 2-bit operation? This Tin Pot podcast from the other side of the world, from down under. Well, I'll tell you what, you can log on to patreon.com forward slash the winning agenda and you can throw a few shekels our way. There are a bunch of reward tiers, so whatever you got, if you want to throw us something, we'd really appreciate it. Now, please dive in with us as we return to the corpse side of Kalagoda with myself, Wilfred Horrig. Jesse Marshall, Hollis Echo, and special guest, the webmaster of Anchor and writer of the unofficial FAQ, and official editor, check the credits in your Carla Goda pack, Jacob Morris. Enjoy episode 68 of The Winning Agenda. The first corp card is Advanced Concept Hopper. It's an agenda, research, advanced four, score two. The first time the runner initiates a run each turn, you may draw one card or gain one credit. Wilfie, do you like it? Uh, I don't mind it. I think it's going to start to see, for, for for twos in general, now that NAPD costs and influence, might see some more play in um, HP decks of various stripes. And this is a reasonably strong ability if you want the game to go a bit longer. And if you don't necessarily have a use for efficiency committee in terms of using it for some huge combo benefit or whatever, that this is going to give more resources over the course of the game. And efficiency committee is already a card that we're seeing play now that uh, NFD is harder to play, as I said before. I think that in general, if the flexibility of the ability means that it's almost worth a click to be able to... Drawing a card or getting a credit when your opponent initiates a run is almost worth a click in itself just because of the flexibility, and so that, I think, has the potential to be quite good, although 4 for 2 is still lots of competition, you can't play that many, so there is that. The different benefit that drawing a card or gaining a credit can have for the corp at the time the runner initiates a run is quite interesting and is not necessarily immediately apparent. Now, drawing a card pads out your HQ, which can be really useful. Obviously, you're drawing blind, so you could draw another gen, which sucks, but in general on odds it's probably going to be beneficial for you in terms of preventing them stealing from your hand gaining a credit is also really useful when they initiate a run because um you're going to be raising ice and presumably spending money during a run yeah i mean i I think the, the abilities are both useful at the exact time that this card gives them to you, um, and you get the choice of them, which means that you can take whichever one you think is going to be better. The next card is Vikram 1.0, Ice, Sentry, Bioroid, Tracer, AP, Res 6, Strength 5, Influence 2. The runner can spend a click to break any subroutine on Vikram 1.0, and the three subroutines are the runner cannot use programs for the remainder of the run, Trace 4, if successful, do one brain damage, Trace 4, if successful, do one brain damage only thing to, to know about this is yeah. as we've already seen with other cards using a program specifically refers to choosing to do so so that's paid abilities or any optional conditional ability but things like data sucker which says when you make a successful run put a power count or a virus counter on it that still triggers that's still true yeah. so that's not using exactly yep. yeah yep 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 but you can't use data sucker to reduce the strength of something. Exactly. Even if you're not breaking it, yeah, because that's still use, that's using it. Exactly. All right. So you, all your things still trigger. Okay. Card is mean as hell. It's it's really well costed. Six cost, five strength is a pretty good trade. It is. A, I mean, it's a century. It's a biroid. Um, it can be broken by gingerbread. That's you know that's a negative, huge negative. <laughs> um, I think that first subroutine really sells it for me. Like the runner cannot use programs for the, for the remainder of this run. 
High strength sentry is already kind of beefy. I mean, we've seen that already with the power of assassin and the resurgence of things like Itchy 2. So another high cost sentry that only costs six and basically, you know, your opponent has to break, otherwise they can't use, uh, they might as well just jack out after this ice, is pretty powerful. And then you layer that on top of some brain damage subroutines, which while only, you know, an inconvenience for the most part, it enhances a kill strategy and in general just removes valuable resources from the runner's hand. So, I mean, I feel like this card is very powerful. And also, it's interesting, it's only two influence, meaning that this card is actually even more splashable than Itchy 2 is. And I know that a lot of people really enjoy Itchy 2 inside of HB, but that makes it very difficult to splash out of it. So, I don't know, I, I really do like this. The next card is Heritage Committee, Operation Alliance, cost one, influence two. This card costs zero influence if you have six or more non-Alliance Jinteki cards in your deck. Draw three cards. Add one card from HQ to the top of R&D. Just clarifying, they don't have to be one of the cards you just drew? Correct. It's just, okay. you draw the three good. cards, they're in HQ, then put whatever you want on back on top, like a snare or something, because that, that'd be awesome. That's good. Wolfie, will this be making it into your genomics lists? Uh, yeah, that seems to be what everyone says. I'd, I'll definitely try it out, um, and I think it's an interesting card just because it's the first, or at least the first I can think of, competitively costed card that lets you have this sort of R&D manipulation. If we never want to talk about precognition, which I think is quite reasonable, this card, that makes this card... As in you think it's reasonable not to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, I think I mean, it's, it's reasonable, reasonable card. never talk about it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this card, like, might seem a little bit overcosted, but that, I think, uh, ability, as I said, of R&D manipulation, I think is hard to evaluate, And I, but I think it's powerful. Like, shoring up your servers... It means it gives you a way to shore up your servers um, while also progressing your game plan. And even though, if you look at it, this card isn't as efficient in terms of drawing cards as something like Anonymous Tip because it draws you one net, it draws you one fewer card um, and it costs one more. That ability, especially when you have something like Snare in your deck or other ambushes, can turn out to be really strong. And it will be difficult to evaluate. I think it's... Uh, will definitely turn out to be playable. And I'm happy to not ignore the Alliance things for the time being until I see something interesting happen with them. Yeah, one thing about this is that it turns the top card of R&D into more of a mind game than it ever was before. I mean, more so than something like Yugura or Shiro, which you're obviously just going to hide agendas if they're mid-run most of the time. I mean, it's because you're only seeing one card, it's so unlikely that you're going to see someone like a snare and leave it there. Uh, sorry, and not leave it there. With this, uh, because you have a lot more control over it as the corp and you've got all the cards then in R&D, uh, in HQ sorry, to choose from about what you put back on R&D, it turns it into an interesting bluff. But also just like that aside, the fact that you can put whatever card you're not going to be using this turn back on top of R&D means that it's not that much of a drawback. Anyway, so you can put something you're not going to use that's not an agenda on top, and that means they're not going to be stealing agendas from the top of R&D without multi-access, which is kind of sweet. The next card is Mumbad City Grid. Upgrade region, res 3, trash 3, influence 3. Whenever the runner passes a piece of ice protecting the server, you may swap that ice with another piece of ice protecting the server. Limit one region per server. Hollis, how many decks do you have laid out that include three copies of this? Uh, I'm counting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think... I don't, I don't know. Um, so I know that there was talk in my, you know, here locally about, you know, messing around with Grail Ice, primarily because you got the ability to kind of res multiple, multiple versions of, uh, of the Grail Ice and then kind of getting to pick and choose how many times a runner encountered a particular one that was significantly annoying. Like if they have the most efficient 
code gate, then you just switch it. They always just encounter the barrier multiple times. But the problem there is that, you know, the, the inherent issue with Grail Ice is that you need to install it, but you don't want to install it because you need them in your hand. I think that any multi-sub ice, you know, any decks that run a lot of multi-sub ice, this is going to be a great inclusion, but at 3 Influence, I kind of only see this really working in either Jinteki, maybe HB, if they have a lot of subs. I think the card is powerful, though. I definitely think swapping ice, while we've seen other, you know, that mechanic in the game before... It seems to be like a Jinteki sub theme. Yeah, like, we, we, we've seen it before, and it's always been kind of gimmicky, but this means, you know, but in this case, this isn't just a gimmick like, haha, it's now the bottommost. This is, you encounter the same ice you just encountered again. So however taxing this was, well, you have to be prepared for it one more time. And I like that. I really do. It might be okay. I don't generally like cards like this just because it costs three. You have to have it in your deck. You have to install it in the server. It only works on that server. It seems reasonably limited. But if there's some sort of really sweet Jinteki remote plan that comes out that this will be awesome with, maybe this will see play. But I, I don't really like it that much as a card. The next card is Carla Goda Real TV. So it's an asset cast, res zero, trash four, influence one. When your turn begins, you may look at the top card of the runner's deck. Trash. The runner trashes the top card of his or her stack. Wolfie, how excited are you about this I th- phenomenal I think ability? Jesse should take this one. Oh, you do? Okay, so Jesse, handballed. You've been handballed. I think it uh, um, has uh, similarities to one of his uh, favorite Netrunner experiences. Oh, okay. That sounds like a story. Uh, remind me? Oh, uh, when... Uh, oh, I see. Oh, when? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, this is, uh, I think, quite similar to Data Hound as a card. Um, and I know that for, you know, anyone who was around in the first year or so of the game, that re- Data Hound really terrorized runners. Um, you couldn't go anywhere without having them sniffing at your heels. And I think this could be the return of those days if we're not careful, but... I think, yeah, runners probably have now have just enough tools to be able to deal with this sort of aggression from corpse. What, what should we call it? Stack aggression? Yeah. Stack, aggression. Uh, stack attack. Stack attack. <laughs> stack yeah. attack. I mean, you never, when you're a runner and you're just trying to, you know, get all your cards out and build your rig and someone's doing this stack attack technique, it can be quite dispiriting. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's I, turn just, the just sarcasm down to zero. Like, this okay. card is just terrible, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's yeah, awful. Cool. All right, moving on. Uh, the next card is Interrupt Zero or Interrupto. Ice, Codegate, Res 2, Strength 4, Influence 1. Both its subroutines read, For the remainder of this run, the runner must pay one credit as an additional cost each time he or she uses an Icebreaker to break at least one subroutine. Say the next ice behind an Interrupt 1.0 is an Eli. I'm breaking it with my Corroda. Do I have to spend... Uh, two credits to break each subroutine that's correct yeah it's just like uh it is so it's per subroutine i break i have to pay an extra one yeah okay so it's not like uh there's what's is this another card yeah it's it's, like, it's uh, basically midway it's, grid. it's like feedback filter oh no it's like it's more like midway city grid or okay. midway station oh, that's grid right, yeah. but like on a stick right and you yeah. can stack it up so if both of these fire i basically my corotas one credit subroutine ability becomes three credit break subroutine. yep exactly okay, um so but like with lady it would only cost a power counter and two credits because you're breaking both with one one ability. You Also, worth noting, just because this is kind of an obscure thing that only comes up sometimes, but you can use recurring credits and stuff that says use only for breaking ice. Like a, oh, you can? Yeah, you can use that oh, to so pay the additional cost. Using icebreak. So if I've got um, cloaks out and I'm using my corroder in that same example, I can use the recurring credits for my cloaks to pay that cost. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, That's a lot of words for not a lot. a lot of words for not a lot, yeah. 
Wilfred. This card one needs to yeah. be. Yeah, the, the art's pretty cool, right? The art, uh, it's okay. What's going on? There's some like bugs. Yeah. 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 Interrupting the feed. Oh. Uh, there's two of them. Anyway, the card I think like has a couple of problems. The first is obviously the same as all the other positional ice in that it doesn't do anything if it's the only ice on a server, which happens that much. But it also doesn't do anything if your opponent isn't going to break the other ice using an icebreaker. No, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't come up very well with biroids. Oh yeah, sure, I guess. Like, icebreaker, using an icebreaker to break at least one subroutine happens a lot, but just the number of situations in which this card doesn't do anything is just significant. Like, one, if they're break, bypassing, using clicks to break. At the point at which this does become a nuisance to the runner, which probably won't happen for a while in the game, it still only has four strength, which is sizable, but these two things combined make it just not good in any situation i think the other problem with this is that it's in a faction that has a lot of ice where runners can let the subroutines fire and then deal with the consequences later the ice that doesn't end the run i mean you've got pop-up window that you can just let the subroutine fire you've got all the tracer ice which you can let the subroutines fire with the exception of the end the run and then just remove the tags or deal with whatever other issue there is so i'm not sure that this is a great fit in NBN and that this ability is a great fit because NBN Glacier is not a particularly strong archetype. That being said, though, having two of this subroutine, so therefore making them spend an additional two every time they break one more subroutine is a little bit better probably than it first looks if you are building into a dedicated Glacier strategy and this is one influence. So it, look, it may be worth trying out, but again, as a, the, the drawbacks of positional ice are so strong that the positional ice has to be very good in your strategy for yeah, it to yeah. overcome that. put it in somewhere with Mumbad City Grid so you can swap it to where you need it to be. You just make them encounter it heaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next card is Dedication Ceremony. Uh, operation cost one, influence three. Place three advancement tokens on a face-up card. You cannot score that card until your next turn begins. This is a Wayland card, and I am really upset about it because it's got a stipulation in there that requires the card that you're placing the three advancement tokens on it to be face-up. Therefore, most people automatically think about the public agendas. However, it's been ruled that placing an advancement token is not the same as advancing a card. Therefore, this doesn't actually turn on the ability of the public agendas. Yeah, that is a bit frustrating because that is probably the number one in-faction way to actually use this card, and it is three influence. So, aside from that, uh, you've then got Contract Killer is really the only asset that you're going to be wanting to res and then add tokens to. I mean, that may be useful in some very fringe situations to be able to uh, activate your contract killer on the same turn that you install it. Um, the other use potentially is casting call that you can casting call and then use this uh, on like a government takeover or on another big agenda and threaten to score it the next turn. You could casting call and then double this on a vanity project and then threaten to score it first click next turn. But still, I mean... Just the fact the stipulation is that Carby face-up is so bad. And Wolfie's just pointed out that uh, a lot of people want to use it with Grindle Refinery. As our res- resident Wayland representative, how do you feel about that? Uh... I think as our resident efficiency representative, <laughs> Will Fick probably would have a few things to say about that, but no, that's certainly not an efficient way to use a card, let alone a card slot that, as we point out so many well, times, is well, two so card precious. Slots, really. yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, including this card, yeah, is, is, is so precious in a corp deck, particularly in a Wayland deck that has a lot of powerful utility operations. This one isn't going to make the cut most of the time. I think the best way to use this card is with something like Ronin, because it actually is a 
well, it's a more impactful effect than contract killer most of the time. Um, and something that a lot of people don't really play around you being able to do just off the board. So maybe useful there, but at three influence, I don't really see that happening a lot. Oh, one other thing, sorry, I, I've been doing a fair bit of thinking about this, as you can imagine. Um, the, the other way that this is useful with the public agendas is that it gets you closer to being able to use their over-advance ability more quickly. However, um, oh, though, yeah, so that is a kind of a good thing. Um, and one of the good things about Oaktown is not just that you get the credits for the first install. I mean, that's okay. Like when you go install advance, you're gaining a credit instead of losing one. I mean, that's kind of sweet, but it's more that the next turn, you only need one credit to be able to score it out. Um, one credit remaining to do the last three advancements. This still gives you that benefit from Oaktown. I mean, the, the second benefit it doesn't give you the first one. So the first advancement or the first three advancements in this case still cost you one credit, but any advancements after that on your next turn will still only cost you one uh, only cost you one credit and actually gain you some so you can advance as many times as you want on your next turn and you're getting it closer to the um, point where it becomes like a um, capital investors you know every advancement you're actually gaining two credits so yeah I mean in that situation with the public agendas also with Hollywood renovation you can get closer to being able to chain out agendas with that um, if you can find a way to secure a server. So in the future, when Wayland gets a really awesome defensive upgrade and you can put your Hollywood renovation in a server and dedicate a dedication ceremony it twice and then the next turn, you know, score out a four for two from your hand, that's going to be a sweet day and I look forward to it. Just as a kind of general reminder of face-up stuff, face-up and being yeah. rezzed are basically yeah. the... It's in the fact now, isn't it? I anyway. believe so, yeah. They, they clarified yeah. on public agendas. But public agendas, yeah. since they're installed face-up, are considered face-up, but they are not considered res because you never res so agenda. You, so you can't bounce them with Leela. Correct. So that's a, th- that's a third state that cards can be, yeah. court cards can be, uh, yeah, which was previously not in the game. Yeah. Another important thing to keep in mind, this, is, this requires you to choose a card, right? So you cannot choose something that's not installed, like an agenda in your score area or something weird like that. Okay, for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you might, if you're doing some... Trick of light. Yeah, trick of light <laughs> yeah. or something weird. I was going to say that before, um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys had actually, uh, if, if everyone kept up with what Damon had been saying about Ad- Advanceable Ice before. Damon made it very clear um, online when we were discussing this that it was it was pretty obvious early on that Advanceable Ice that could be advanced, 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 and advanced, and advanced with no way to basically cut it off was a really scary direction because basically Ice could, could simply just run away from the runner if they weren't, you know, running very specific cards. Who would, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. That oh, I think we've seen, like, what Ice Wall has done to the meta, and frankly, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I wonder if maybe this card was printed around that time when they looked at it first and said, oh, Advanceable Ice is too scary. And then they said, okay, now it's not scary enough. And they said, well, maybe this will be the tipping point to make it scary again. And I That don't was even probably think when they printed Tyrant, when they thought m- that. Maybe. Maybe. And, and even then, this, this doesn't do it. I just don't. It's very... Every point Jesse made as far as like the cards that are useful with it to me are kind of more... They're nice, but it's not... I don't think it would be something I would, I would initially go towards doing. Yeah, like, like Oaktown Renovation. I don't, I don't think I would initially run to use this on an Oaktown Renovation, but it is nice. I don't know. I think the best use I've heard thus far is Ronin. I think that's very sexy. All right, the uh, second last card for the pack is Mumba Temple. Asset Alliance Facility, Res 1, Trash 3, Influence 2. This card costs zero influence if you have 15 or fewer ice in your deck. 
two recurring credits. Use these credits to res cards. How do we? How do we? How do we like this card? I think it's a difficult one to evaluate. So the point of comparison for this card is the root, I guess, and gives you three. Yeah. So as compared to the root, this is only one less to trash and it's five less to res, kind of sweet, and it gives you one less card. Uh, sorry, one less recurring credit. Um, you can't use the recurring credit to advance or install cards. You can only use it to res cards, but I think that resing is as useful... Uh, sorry, is the most useful out of those three abilities. Advancing and, and paying to install probably comes up slightly less, although I guess paying to install is kind of useful. So, I mean, the comparison is a little bit fuzzy, but I think the fact that it costs five less and only one less to trash is the best way to look at it. And I think that that means that the stats are quite aggressive compared to where the root was. And I think the root was definitely underpowered. Does this have a slot in any deck? I think the best place for it is sort of a genomics deck where you can just have it sitting on its own because you don't really want to be protecting this with ice of which you only have 15 or fewer in your deck, presumably, because nobody's paying to influence for an effect like this. Well, I think it's an interesting effect because most of the decks that would have 15 or fewer ice would be uh, more aggressive or, or rush-style decks. And I'm not sure if they're the kind of decks that need the two recurring credits I'm like, to raise sure. their ice yeah probably not yeah yeah Wilfie, um, how do you feel about it uh, someone brought up a good point that uh, it has natural synergy with re- replicating perfect it has natural synergy with replicating perfection for a couple reasons one if they want to run it to trash it they're going to have to run a central first and they usually want to run the undefended one so you can almost always get uh the user use the ability immediately on an ice either on a, re- a central that they're running before the remote or the remote itself which makes it kind of fast track its um drip process but also that you have caprice ash daily business show and sundew in some number you can res with this so the i think the real problem there is only that it takes up a remote slot and that can be not too good but the, if you're already playing 15 ice I, I assume that's already a given that it can take up a remote slot because it's not at the level that you can leave it undefended just because it costs one and you have to have them either run so you can res an ice or have another asset so you can res that asset before they can just run and trash it it is not unique so if you do have multiples they can res each other which is kind of sweet um, the question I think in that situation is is it better than mental health clinic and it may be. I don't think it's better than Mental Health Clinic because Mental Health Clinic is a lot easier to leave unres because it starts paying out immediately in not uh, as, like, it's not as situational that it pays out immediately. But I think that possibly this could have a place in, maybe as a replacement. Yeah, if you can find enough assets that you can res, that are good to res basically at any time, like Sundew, Daily Business Show, or the defensive upgrades as well as your ice. So I think maybe it might be a replacement if that is deemed necessary. And the last card is Museum of History. Asset Alliance, Ritzy, Res 1, Trash 3, Influence 2. This card costs zero influence if you have 50 or more cards in your deck. When your turn begins, you may shuffle one card from archives into R&D. I mean, it's when your turn begins, so make sure you're doing this before you draw your cards. Yeah, draw your yep. card. yeah. <laughs> You might draw the card that you put back in there. <laughs> so, Mr. Genomics can take Mr. Genomics, yeah. So most yeah. people have been saying this card will fit naturally into Genomics because a lot of the Genomics lists currently are running 50 or more cards. Um, Wilfie, uh, despite that fact that most, card, most Genomics lists are running 50, is this an effect you want in a Genomics deck? 
Uh, I think maybe uh, Asha has been saying that he thinks it's really good because for a couple reasons. One, it just naturally, uh, if you leave it there for long enough, it naturally dilutes R&D, which is a powerful ability over a very long period of time. And two, it lets you recycle Snare, which is probably the worst card that you can play, realistically play for the opponent to hit in R&D. And so, oh, your centrals in general, really. And so those two factors make it a contender in those kind of decks. But I think in the way I have my list set up now, which is definitely not the only way you could play the identity, is that you really want to set up asset economy. And once you have enough of a gain from asset economy, set up a remote. So there's not really that much time that you want to spend, uh, you know, recycling cards back into R&D and kind of playing the longer game to grind them out of resources. Without Snare, it's much harder to do that. But I think that this does have a place. Um, it seems to be naturally suited to a genomics deck that does want to maybe give up accesses on centrals more readily and force the opponent to encounter uh, ambushes on those servers. So that was our last corp card, and that was Carla Goda. How do we feel about the pack in general, guys? Let's see. This introduces quite a few new things, a bunch of things that we've seen before in new ways, which is really cool. Overall, really exciting pack. Um, there are a couple things we didn't touch on, like uh, Maya and Panchatantra. Those will be coming up in the unofficial pack. So look for that later this week when the pack actually goes fully legal and released. I'm I'm gonna be. I can't wait to get flamed, but I don't. I'm actually not very impressed. Um, it usually tends to be that like the first pack in the cycle is like a very powerful one, and I feel like there's only. I, I personally feel like there's only a handful of cards in this pack that I think are really gonna see heavy amounts of play the other cards are again they they help sort of curve out some ideas but i don't think they're there's very i mean i really don't think they're very good yeah the, like, the shaper, I, I like, shaper say, like, hb and jinteki i think are the three factions that did okay i think all yeah. the other factions got pretty badly hosed i'm pretty excited for um jasminda and her console as well i think there could be some really good fun stuff going in there that we talked about so i'm excited for that stuff but really rest, rest of the packs a bit a bit average i'm still um, trying to reserve my judgment on the consumer grade slash alliance mechanics as well wilfie what about you uh, i mean i think we're at the point now that um we're we don't see cards like unlike in the last couple cycles or really for the rest of the game we're kind of at the point now where we don't really see cards that are printed that are like key effects for a faction i think most factions with some notable exceptions have most of their basic effects covered and so i guess this is the kind of uh we've reached a stage of the game where cards are being printed a to prepare for rotation b to provide more options to decks which aren't don't necessarily have as many options as the tier one decks and c to print possibly new options for like completely new decks like new mechanics that might cause new decks to become good and so i I don't necessarily think it's a criticism of this pack specifically that there aren't any cards like jackson or whatever that we might have seen in uh first packs in previous cycles yeah the problem that i think i have with this pack wilfie is that on that third category of cards the ones that take the game in a completely new direction or open up new design space i'm not seeing really as much of that as i would like i think maya is probably the most interesting card in terms of that in the pack but it's still just sort of another avenue to attack r&d albeit in a new and interesting way i would i would like to see 
uh, some of the factions taken in a bit of a different direction. I think Vikram, which is probably the other best card, along with Maya in the pack. Also, that runner cannot use programs for the remainder of the run subroutine is, is an interesting way of doing that. I'd like to see a bit more of that in the next couple of packs, but I'm definitely not massively disappointed by that. And Jacob, where can people get in contact with you if they want to find you? You can always find me on Twitter, at ANR Rules Wiki. Just search for Project Anchor, you'll find us. We have over 600 followers now, yay! Uh, you can also... We're, we're hot on your heels with like 527. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> and then you, also you can always contact me just by commenting on a page on wiki i try to keep a close eye on comments and stuff if people have questions make sure they get answered so thanks so much for coming on dude yeah we'll uh thanks see again. you see you soon yep. uh guys in the meantime if you want to get in contact with us you can do so at the winning agenda at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter at winning agenda and check us out on facebook our page is the winning agenda uh we'll be back every monday uh for the foreseeable future so thanks for listening guys we'll see you soon bye guys thank you thanks so much bye